Support from this podcast comes from our friends over at Wicked Memories. Ladies, do you like candles? Do you not like buying them at ridiculous prices? Guys, are you sick of your apartment and your room smelling like feet all the time and want it to be a little bit more presentable for when your parents or ladies come over? This place has it all. 408 Oliver Street in North Tonawanda. Guys, I went to view their products. It's a combination of two stores, Melting Memories After Dark and Wickedly Handcrafted. And their products, oh my God, they're so good. Um, Their Taste the Rainbow Artisan Soap, I've been using at my house. And some of the candles that they give smell so much like the actual product. Their Honeysuckle one is delicious. So go check them out. They have in-store deals every Saturday that you can only take advantage of there. Mention my name over there as well, and they'll be able to give some more support to this podcast. And who knows, they might even throw you a discount or two. Just mention me. Wink, wink. Check them out. 408 Oliver Street in North Tonawanda, New York. You can also view their website and on their Facebook page has the link to everything you could possibly need again that is wicked memories which is a combination of melting memories after dark and wickedly handcrafted 408 oliver street north tonawanda make your life smell nice the following podcast is recorded and produced by the podcast precinct in affiliation with the network at bicbp-radio.com the podcast precinct consistency creativity culture Welcome to episode 15 of Your Average Ordinary. I'm your host, Dan Torres. Hello, everybody. I hope you're having an awesome week out there. I sure am. The sun is shining, and I am absolutely loving it this week. I'm a guy that loves the heat and loves to find ways to beat it, so this is the perfect time of year for me. Um, One thing to go into before we start our show tonight, are you tired of hearing about me talking about acting and want to see it for yourself? Or are you interested in theater because of all the different amazing people I've had on this program? Well, now's your chance to be able to come see me live again. I am so happy to announce that I am going to be part of an upcoming production called A Midsummer Night's Walk. It is a walk through historic and beautiful Delaware Park in North Buffalo, led by three pucks. Um, One will lead each tour. And each station in the tour is a different scene from A Midsummer Night's Dream. And the cast that's a part of this, holy cow, some of the best actors and actresses in Buffalo. It's a really, really amazing group. And if you come, um, you can be led around by, again, one of our three pucks, one being Malinda Capeles, um, another being Phil Wackerfuss, and the third being someone you may recognize from this particular show. Um, If you're interested, this show runs from... June 29th to August 12th. It is every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. If you would like to schedule your tour and reserve your spot, you can go to shakespeareindelawarepark.org. That's spelled exactly as it sounds, shakespeareindelawarepark.org. And come see 
actors and actresses who have wanted to do theater and who have been starving to do theater for the past year come finally do what they do best and just have a great time with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, this is your weekly mental health checkpoint. You're doing great. You're awesome. Um, I love each and every one of you that are listening. And you have friends around you at any time that you may need them. Folks, this is a very special episode today. Um, this is someone I've looked up to for a very long time, and I've had the pleasure of meeting in person a few times. Um, he's Skyping in all the way from Trenton, New Jersey. Sometimes you think of superheroes and you don't think of the super the secret identity. You think of the person in the costume. Um, and Matt DeMorest is a real-life wrestling superhero. This man is one of the most innovative wrestlers I have ever seen in my entire life, and he inspired a whole generation of wrestling through an era where YouTube was very popular for kids who just wanted to start their own backyard federations. And he has very close ties with me and my friends through interactions together in the past. Um, this was a very fun episode to do. I found myself so intrigued all the way through it. I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I do, especially if you're a wrestling fan. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so proud to present my interview with Matt DeMorest. I am here with one of the best backyard wrestlers of all time, if not one of the best pro wrestlers in general of all time, Matt fucking DeMorest. How are you, my friend? It's so good to hear from you. I'm great, dude. That's very, very high praise. I hope I can live up to it. I mean, I, <laughs> I, think, that, I think it's deserved. I think that uh, we just talked about it a little off the air, but you were a part of an era of wrestling that was very new to the early um, like 2000s, like early to late 2000s that a lot of people don't realize what influence it had on modern wrestling. But you have such a crazy story and a crazy career just putting things on the Internet. It's it's really wild to think about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually first put our stuff on the Internet in, I think, like 2006, Mm -hmm. um i'd been wrestling for a few years prior to that but it wasn't anything serious i was actually against it at first because like i don't know i kind of wanted it to be like a thing just for us or something you know but um yeah everyone everyone else on the roster convinced me and it wound up being a good idea obviously because here we are apparently yeah because it was it, it really took off and i don't think either one of our federations because with uh, UIW being back in the day, we had more viewers than we would have expected. I don't think anybody would have expected wrestling on YouTube to pull the kind of numbers it did at the time. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I think we have, a. I think we just totaled like a million something views for all of our videos combined, which wow. is huge. And there's obviously other places like, um, what's that Australian fed? I, I Y H W A with like yeah. Chris cryptic. I know they have millions and millions of views and, and they were basically just yarders. I know they built their own ring. So yeah, yeah man, it's, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it, it was a cool era to be a part of for sure. Um, first of all, before we go any further, uh, you retired a few months ago. Congratulations on your retirement. Well-deserved. I, I think you. it's a good time. I, I was saying to someone recently that if you know, it's time, there's no point in doing it. If you know that, it's time to put it up. It's, it's time to put it up, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, in January, I was in a match at GCW and I tore my ACL. Um, I'm still, I'm still recovering from that. And like, 
a couple weeks before that, I was in a match. It never even got released, but uh, some dude like back elbowed me in the nose and I broke my nose. Oh, shit. So it, was like two, <laughs> it was like two injuries back to back. And I was like, all right, it's it's time. It's over. <laughs> like my, my body is letting me know there's some sort of sign out there. Mm-hmm. I got to stop. You yeah. know, I have a family now, so. Yeah, it's good, especially when you have them to look at, too, and kind of provide for and rely on. It, it gets hard yeah. when you're dealing with injuries and things to think about, you know, what effect you could be putting on your body if you keep going. So it's it's the smart move to make, honestly. And with some of your matches, Thanks. like, honestly, it's a wonder you didn't get any more injuries than you already had, <laughs> to be totally honest. Like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty lucky pretty lucky considering there's other guys out there like anarchy andy who like i know he has a really bad back and his knees are messed up and he's like a backyard legend you know and he was he was wrestling a little bit longer than me but yeah he's really messed up but i think he's out now too thankfully you know so he hurt himself any further yeah exactly i i kind of knew too because um i dislocated my shoulder in college and then i tried going back uh for i think i worked a match with Vinny moon about five years ago or so Okay. And uh, I, we got to the taping and I'm, I'm in Kevin's ring and I'm two minutes into the match and I was so blown. I was so blown. Yeah, up. Dude. It was unbelievable. Dude, that's uh, the hardest part is like wrestling cardio. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> getting that back is like the hardest thing. And, I, and we'll probably get into it. But like when I started training again in like 2018, I don't think. I was wrestling for like two years. I don't think I ever got my wrestling cardio back in it those takes, two years. It takes a like, certain <laughs> like strength and willpower to be have yeah. to have to go through matches like that, especially when oh you're God. wrestling for like you see people who rest for, uh, wrestle for like an hour consistently, like twice a Jeez. week. You're like, how the hell do you do like over an hour just going and going and going? It's people don't realize the physical aspect of like because it's scripted. They don't think of the physical aspect that actually goes into right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very, very intense disciplined thing. Like it's, it's really serious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. So let's go to the very beginning of it. So where did your love of wrestling come in? What first drew you to actually like it and want to be a wrestler when you were a kid? Oh man. I mean, I watched a lot of Kung Fu movies when I was a kid, a lot of Jackie Chan, a lot of Bruce Lee. Um, uh, I used to watch like police story with my dad and everything. And we would laugh at the English joke because it never matched up. Um, and then from there, I saw wrestling. I was like, oh, this is like kung fu movies, but real. Obviously, I was a kid. I thought it was real. <laughs> I was like, I want to do this. I want to be like a kung fu guy like this. So I kind of just like started wrestling my stuffed animals on my trampoline. I was like six years old. Sure. Eventually, I was wrestling my cousins on my trampoline. Um, and then like I want to say 2001, 2002, I was 11 or 12 years old. I met my friend Glenn. Um, he wrestled under Glenn Evans in sure. ETTW. And uh, yeah, we really hit it off. We both liked wrestling the same amount. We both wanted to wrestle the same amount every weekend. And we would just like go out there and we sucked so bad. But <laughs> we would we would like record the matches. We would watch over the footage. We would pick out what we did wrong, what we liked. Mm. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's pretty much how it started. And like 2006 or so is when we started meeting other people and incorporating them into it um like tko i met tko in high school mm-hmm. and and glenn met uh pat poison and dylan crease he met them on some like random field he was uh, just like playing football and he just met them on a field <laughs> <laughs> which is like crazy considering how big of an impact they've had on this stuff yeah um 
Yeah, man. I mean, that, that's pretty much how it started. You know, they, they convinced me to upload the videos onto YouTube. Uh, I was editing the videos and Glenn was editing some videos. Uh, eventually we came into Jamie Anderson, who was amazing. G Fatal, mm-hmm. who's amazing. There was a couple other guys who kind of came and went like MRE people like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the start of it. Yeah. That's a, that's really cool to hear. It's amazing that it's such a young age. You were already watching tape on yourself and being like, I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't, Cause some oh, yeah. wrestlers don't do that until it's too late in their careers. And then they're screwed because they're not like focusing on the little things that make everything so right. believable within it. Yeah. I mean, like now, nowadays it's hard for me to watch my own stuff, but I mean, I spent, I spent like, I spent like 18 years watching my own matches. I'm just sick of it, I think. But like back then it's, I think when you're starting out, it's extremely important. And we, we didn't even know it was important. We were just like, oh man, I wonder what that rock bottom looked like. Oh, it looked like crap, <laughs> you know? So we didn't even know we were doing something good. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's very, very helpful. Hey, we, um, oh man, when Kevin had his birthday last year, uh, a couple of us got together and we did a UYW marathon and we started at one. And nice. I think we made it to about episode 15 or 16 or so, um, like right yeah. before Pat got there. And uh, <laughs> we were watching the first uh, episode ever. And I think we were, count- we were counting how many vertical, we had like a drinking game where we were <laughs> taking a drink for every time we did a vertical suplex. And oh, then one for every time that like a match ended and like a surprise roll up, because I think everyone <laughs> on the first episode did. It's an, it's an easy go-to the surprise roll up. He's like, Oh, he's got him. Yeah, exactly. It's the most devastating move in sports entertainment. Like that's, <laughs> that's going to get anybody. In that. <laughs> um, There's got to be more matches that ended in roll ups than anything else. Oh my God. Absolutely. It, it's either roll-ups or just didn't end at all or like storylines that were all over the place it's hilarious to go yeah, back yeah. and look at some of it. <laughs> um, but then you guys are getting traction for a while uh when did like gbywn come into the picture and things like that for you guys yeah i mean so we started the fed officially in about 2006 that's when we uploaded our first video and i would say probably two years later in like 2008 uh we were i was just kind of like looking on the internet for like backyard wrestling i was like does anybody else do this stuff because like i i thought it was like some totally out there thing that no one else could have possibly done mm-hmm. and um eventually i found like anarchy andy videos and i was like oh my god this guy is like so far above us it's ridiculous and from his videos i found um the link which was kind of like dead at that point. But the link is basically where guys like Alex Zane, uh, Drew Cordero, the promoter of Beyond, mm-hmm. where those guys came from, like Marcus Senefonte, um, guys who were also kind of important in GBYWN. Sure. Um, and from there, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, just going to look up Backyard Wrestling Forums. And then I found GBYWN. And um, yeah, I mean, from there, I found like JWA. Uh, then there was that super show, Jersey Wrestling All Stars, that Ryan Rage ran. Uh, him yeah. and I think Joey Adams kind of ran it together. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, that, that was my first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was my official uh, super show. Yeah, first, first official super show. And you worked um, William Black on that show, right? Was that the first one? That that was uh, that was JWA versus Two KW. I think that was the year after two thousand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Word. So that was, so what were working those shows like, because all of a sudden you're transitioning from your backyard where this fun thing with your friends and that you just kind of started like doing 
all of a sudden you're wrestling at super shows with guys you've never met, but have watched on YouTube and things like that. Dude. Yeah. It was weird. That was like, I think that was my first exposure to the fact that people had watched us. Cause like Ryan rage was like, he would comment on our YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I saw that he was on the GBYWN forum. I was like, oh, I didn't even know this dude wrestled. And uh, he had like his own fed. I forget what it was called. But then him and Joey Adams, I think, combined their fed or something and made JWA. So mm-hmm. like we went there and it was just like, whoa, other people really do this. <laughs> yeah. And um, I wrestled, I think, um, I wrestled the Crippler who was in Sean Matthews fed at the time. And Sean Matthews, shout out to him. He's awesome. Yeah. I think Sean he's Matthews retired now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's incredible. Um. And yeah, it, it was just like really weird. That was also the first time that we hadn't wrestled on a trampoline. Mm. So we were like, okay, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> but I mean, it, it all worked out. It was really fun. And then they ended up having shows pretty much the rest of that year. They would have shows. Mm. Um, and then eventually I did UIW at the end of 2008, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first super show we did was end of 2008, I believe. Yeah. Um, but you, it, with JWA, not only are you going from trampoline and and ground and base and whatever you're working on you wrestled on a freaking playground for most of that like that was that's an extreme environmental change for that (laughs) so when did you like when you started bumping on that where you was it almost like shell shock for you did you fall right into it what what did you like how was your reaction to that oh dude that playground was awful to bump on it was like i think it's it's straight concrete and then it's one layer of padding on the concrete. Mm-hmm. And like, if you go back and you watch those two KW matches and you see what those guys did, like shooting star presses off the top of stuff, so right under their stomach, like they did not care. Yeah. And they would just land on this stuff and they made it look so easy. And then you get there and you bump on it once and you're like, okay, I think <laughs> I need to like set my expectations for what I'm going to be able to do in this match. But um, I wrestled William Black at 2KW and um, mm-hmm. he was just, he's like just incredible. He's like one of the all-time greats. He is really More great. people really should know. More people should really talk about that too. He's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And he kind of guided me through the match and he made me comfortable and everything. And that's kind of like a lot of my super show experiences because mm-hmm. um, I was always super nervous to wrestle in front of people. But, you know, guys like William Black that were there to guide me along the way, that really helped me out. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to hear that you were nervous to do it in front of people because I, as like, I act in my spare time and I understand that and like that, that fear and getting over it. But you just seemed, you always, when you got in a match, you seemed so collected and you were always really crisp. You were always so crisp in the ring. So that, that surprises me a little that you felt that kind of nervous energy before going out i appreciate that man i think i think that's kind of part of it you know like anxiety is kind of like a symptom of excitement in its own way obviously not like extreme anxiety that's completely different of course sure Um, but like yeah i mean i i think being like anxious and nervous before a match is my way of like kind of like drilling into my head like i have to get this i have to nail this this has to be perfect Mm -hmm. you know And, and that's good in some ways because like you said, I was kind of crisp and I was kind of out there doing my thing and people couldn't really tell that I was nervous. And that was kind of my goal. Yeah. But yeah, but there, there were other times where like, if I mess one thing up, there've been matches that were pretty good. And everyone was like, Oh man, that was great. But if I mess one thing up, I will remember it forever. <laughs> so it's like, that's kind of where the nervousness comes from. It's kind of like my own self critique, you know, like I don't want to, I want to feel good after the match. Mm-hmm. And if I mess like one thing up that I really wanted to get, I'm not going to feel good about that match. <laughs> 
probably for the rest of my life. Like, sure. That's sure. just the way. Yeah, you're nervous because you care. I totally understand that. That's the yeah. number one reason people are nervous is because yeah, they actually care and want to put a lot of effort into what they're doing. They're afraid that they'll fail for people. And maybe exactly. not to that extreme, but it, it's it's a nerve-wracking thing to be able to go through. But you always handled that pressure really well, I felt. I appreciate that, man. All you guys did too. Like when we went to UIW that first time, I remember driving there and we were like, oh man, what are these guys going to be like? Are they going to be nice? Are they going to be good? And you guys were just like super awesome, super welcoming. And on the drive back, we were like, dang, they were awesome. <laughs> yeah, we we always prided ourselves because we were a gang of misf- misfits ourselves. Like, yeah, we didn't yeah. like exactly like, like Kevin was always cool, but like he's shit at sports other than wrestling. Like he's so bad at anything else. Um, Randy was okay, always yeah. like, like awkward and like kind of like just was the guy who wanted to wander around and do whatever. I was like this nerdy kid that just kind of ended up in their group in high school. Kevin met Solomon at a bus stop. Like that's how they met. Oh my God. No way. Yeah. That's how they, they were waiting (laughs) for the bus and they started talking about wrestling and all of a sudden Solomon was coming to the yard. Like that's, that's that's how that shit happened. Yeah. It's, it's so funny how it's organic with certain things like that. Um, So let's touch uh, on uh, battle for the belt one real quick, because yeah, that was a huge, that was a big super show, especially because I feel like we were one of the few um, backyard feds that had access to its own ring 24-7 with what yeah. Kevin was situated with and what he grew up right. with. Um, so what, tell me about like talking to him and the concept of actually coming down and or coming up and doing a super show in Buffalo rather. Man, like the details are a little fuzzy, but I remember most of it. Like we were talking on aim. Like that's how long ago this crap was. Like I remember we, to get there, we used map quest directions specifically. We did not have, we did not have a GPS to get to Buffalo, to get to Buffalo, New York. Um, so yeah, we were kind of talking on aim for a couple of years at that point. And, um, especially when GBYWN came around, I think we really started talking more and more and more. And, uh, I know Kevin always wanted to get out to a super show, but he was never able to. I think he was kind of young. He was like, I think he's four years younger than me or something like he's, that. He was um, he was 16 at the time when Battle for the Belt was. Uh, oh, okay. So he's two years younger than me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we were kind of always talking about like doing a super show, but he was kind of hesitant for some reason or he wasn't able to. Maybe he didn't have his license yet. No, um, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. But uh, eventually he got the ring and we were like, okay, let's do this. You know, and then I know he started training with Danny. Mm-hmm. And uh, all that stuff started going down with you guys. And Danny was there helping out. And I had eventually met Danny. And this is a weird story. I don't know why this happened. But Danny, I wrestled him in, I think, October. And Battle for the Belt was in December. And Danny was like, do not tell Kevin that we met. Because then at Battle for the Belt, <laughs> we can pull up in, in the car and get out and just start fighting. And they're going to be like, what the hell is going on? I remember them was telling Danny's- me about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was Danny's twisted idea. I don't, to this day, I, was, I'm, I don't know what happened there, but I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. Danny always but, had uh, those crazy yeah. ideas like that. I loved it. Dude, he's out of his mind. Still to this <laughs> day, he's out of his mind. He's a great guy, though. I love him to death. So how did you first meet him, though? You touched on it for a second, but you, um, what was your relationship with, like, like with Danny before all of that? So before all of that, I think I, think I met him pretty much through Kevin. Um, 
and Kevin told me that he was like kind of training him. Maybe they met at Clash or something. Is that right? I think it sounds about right. I don't remember yeah. how they met exactly. I, I think that. Yeah, but um, I think from what Kevin tells me, they were in their yard and working in the ring, and they had no idea what they were doing. And all of a sudden, Danny just messaged him the one day, and he was like, "You guys are shit. I'm coming up to train you." Like that's exactly what wow. he said. <laughs> And from there, he just taught us how to wrestle. It was crazy. Yeah. Like all of us, we were talking about how like both our camps are pretty much Danny Danger trained because we yeah. learned all of it from Danny and then he taught, we taught the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. That, that's pretty much what happened with us. Like, so Danny had this like uh, gimmick that he wanted to do, this forsaken gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was kind of posting on the forums being like really cryptic about, you know, like, oh, you've all forgotten me. You don't know who I am, blah, blah, blah. And then he debuted at an ETW show and he took his mask off and he was Danny. And it's like, oh, wow, cool. Um, but yeah, that, that was pretty much the first time I met him. Uh, I started talking to him through Kevin and I, I, you knew Danny at the time. Danny was like very like, he was like, oh, you all stuck, like you said, you know. <laughs> so he was he was that way with me at first. Um, but then, you know, he kind of calmed down a little bit. And then he was super cool and super nice. And we got, we got really, really close eventually. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much how we met. Pretty much through Kevin. We started talking on AIM. We planned this match out. He came up with this awesome character. It's one of my favorite characters ever. He's like such a smart dude. He is. He's very calculated. That was the thing is Danny was always very careful and calculated about how he did things. Yeah. We were talking yeah, about how there were times where um in uiw he actually nixed like kevin losing the title a bunch of times to make him look better and like keep his hype up and i think that that's one of the reasons that kev ended up being so influential on the backyard scene as well is because all of a sudden he's a long reigning champ in this fed that people are watching and the mystique is out there and he like one cool thing about you and him that I noticed, especially like this week, I watched a lot of your highlights and old matches just to kind of refresh myself. Um, you guys went out on your shield a lot to put people over. And I think that's such a cool thing. And people don't realize how much that means that you're working an incredible match with somebody, giving them that experience and then giving them that little bump by just giving them that three counter, that submission. It's so important and people don't realize it. Yeah, absolutely. I think we probably both learned that from Danny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's super important to like, not only give people that confidence, like, Hey, you think highly of me and I'm going to let you beat me, you know, not only giving them that confidence of like, Hey, you're good. You're good enough to beat me, but I want other people to see that you're good too. So we're going to put this online. Other people are going to see it and you know, you're going to, you're going to get some fans out of it. And yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It is super important to do that for people. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I always really noticed that and I respected it a lot because it gave you like this image of, I can't remember who it was that I just watched you face. I think it might've been sky binds. Um, Okay. But you went, you put him over and the match was sick. And uh, I, I, it made me remember who he was because you had such a good match with him and then you let, you let him pin you um, or he was scripted to pin you or whatever. But you still look good because I remember you demoralized him in like one of the best versions of it I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. Uh, Skybinds is extremely talented. That demoralizer you're talking about was totally on the fly. 
Like he he actually put me over in that moment because that part was not planned. And he and like I I mean I don't know why he thought it, but it was I guess it was the right move. He was like, Hey man, hit me with something. He's like, What are you gonna hit me with? Like while I'm shaking his hand or whatever, I'm gonna like back suplex DDT. He was like, Yeah, whatever. And he just went with it. I know he's like one of those dudes who can just kind of do stuff on the fly like that. That's I remember in the beginning of (laughs) in the beginning of that match. He was like, just throw me around and I will find a way to arm drag you out of it. Like <laughs> the arm drags in the beginning of that match are completely shoot. They're completely on the fly. I was just throwing him in the air and he was just grabbing my arm. It was, he's nuts. He's super Holy talented. shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy to think that that was on the fly because it was <laughs> such a, it felt like it was such a calculated match and like, dude, <laughs> wow, that makes it even better for me hearing that and knowing that. Yeah. Holy yes, shit. That is incredible. Um, so you plan the super show, you drive all the way up to Buffalo and then you were Kevin for the first time. Now you guys had some heat between YouTube and GBYWN and people were actually anticipating this match. Um, what was your, what did you get out of that match? Because that's still one of your best matches to this day. I think just, I, I look for a bunch of things with wrestling and it's, um, the chemistry, which you guys definitely had, um, the turns, the innovative moves that you have, whoever's getting the shine, what's going on, and um, storytelling is like my number one thing in matches. And yeah. the storytelling of that match is perfect because it leaves you, you wanting as much more as you can get like you we wanted to see you guys fight forever after that uh how did you feel through that match and what was it like talking through that yeah i mean i think at the end of the day with that match we wanted to impress danny honestly like um you know because he had been training kevin pretty heavily at that point Mm -hmm. and he had kind of been training me in secret and kevin didn't know about it of course but like (laughs) at that point i don't think i had stepped foot in like an actual ring yet um so I was like kind of nervous about that and I was like man I don't know how to hit these ropes I don't know what this ring is going to feel like this is going to be weird Mm -hmm. um but yeah I mean we were trying to impress Danny and like I think we planned a lot of it on aim like over aim sure and uh I I knew I wanted to work his back I knew he could do a six spiral tap um so in my mind that was like already going to be the finish like I had the Boston Crab gonna work his back and we wanted to keep it as simple as possible uh, in terms of story mm-hmm. because we didn't want to mess anything up. <laughs> you know, so it was like, yeah, I'm just going to like work your back. We'll do all the moves that we know how to do perfectly. Like his like flipping AJ Styles DDT. He's perfect with that. Ooh, I'm a good yeah. catch. That looked great. Um, yeah, kind of. he was like super easy to plan with. He was super down for whatever. Um, and I think we just kind of both had the same mindset going into it. Like, okay, we got We got to make, we got to make ourselves look good for Danny to prove that this guy hasn't been wasting his time and training us for free for no reason, you know, going out of his way, this nice, this nice man. <laughs> so, oh yeah, God, I mean, awesome. I, I, I still love that match to this day. That's, that's one of my favorite matches for sure. It's a great one for sure. We, um, I was talking about a list recently and we put it up there as one of our favorites, like in general with everything um, on top of that, one of my favorite matches of yours that I just rewatched again is your match with uh, MX5 at New Year's Eve. 
holy fuck, I forget how crazy that match is from start to finish. Like I kept, I kept watching and going, okay, this has got to be the finish right here. And then someone would kick out <laughs> and it just turned yeah. it even, dude, you RKO'd him into an RKO at one point. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. MX five is another like insane talent that needs like more eyes on him. You know, he still wrestles here and there sometimes he actually recently wrestled Danny. Wow. Yeah, and that match is incredible. Uh, it's on MX5's Twitter. Um, but yeah, I got to check awesome. that out. MX5 is incredible. That match was like, I think that was a 2013 at NYE, like you said. Um, and I think that was like the second day of wrestling in a row. So we were both kind of a little tired. Mm-hmm. But MX5 just had these awesome ideas. He had like a monkey flip into a dragon rana he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big dude. He's a little dude. Everything kind of just worked out in that match. I think that's probably my best match that I've had like from start to finish. It's like 15 minutes of nonstop craziness. (laughs) I could agree because that pace is incredible that you guys work. It's a crazy pace you guys are. And it's not like chaining. It's not doing anything like it's fucking, it's one of the closest things you could call a spot fest without it being a spot fest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That that was like all MX five. Cause halfway through the match, dude, I was completely blown up. I was like, Oh my God, what is going on? MX5, he's like, all right, man, come on. We're halfway there. We're halfway there. We can do it. We can do it. You know, he was just like super motivational and super cool. But um, yeah, dude, X5 is incredible. I love that match. Yeah. And that's one of your best downfalls, too, I feel like. Uh, oh, when, yeah. when, you, oh, when yeah. you put him up and go, fuck you, bitch, and then hit him with the first one, <laughs> he slaps you and you put him just back up with no arms. And, oh, yeah. Dude, oh, yeah. you <laughs> took his head. You took his head with that one. Oh, he got me good with that slap. I was like, okay, buddy. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that downfall was his idea. Like the arm trap downfall. Holy shit. I was like, all right, dude, are you, are you sure? He was like, yeah, yeah, do it. So I, yeah, I I nailed him with that one. Yeah. I got him good. (laughs) There was like nothing I could really do. I tried to be safe with it, but yeah, that Um, was a rough one. (laughs) Backtracking a little bit. We were talking about Danny's forsaken gimmick and how that was such a cool concept and a great gimmick. Um, and on a side note to what I'm about to say, I enjoyed how for the original finale that you guys did, you incorporated Forsaken into the last part because I thought that was such a cool way to end that. But um, another character that I found a lot of interest in, especially when I was watching consecutively every week, was when you took the character of Ryu and had oh, your yeah. no like your faceless gimmick for the longest time. Uh, when did you come up with that concept and how did you start putting together just like the cool pieces of that character? Yeah. So, um, before I did the Ryu character, I, I was like, I wasn't necessarily a face, but I was kind of like a tweener sort of, I was like in between good guy and bad guy. Um, and I think I had just lost the championship, the ETTW championship. And I was like, okay, I kind of need to do something different here. I was kind of getting bored of being Matt Morris all the time. And, I was kind of taking notes from the Forsaken character and what we did with that and trying to twist it and make it a little bit different. And uh, I was also watching a lot of Bleach at the time. Mm. Mm. <laughs> with with uh, me and Jamie Anderson, I think we're watching it kind of together-ish at the same time. And I was like, I kind of want to do like a kind of like hollow character, you know? A hollow is like a transformation in, the, in this anime Bleach. Sure. And um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the idea behind it was like, I need, I needed to put myself into a certain state of mind in order to get the championship back. And I did that with uh, the Ryu character. I put on a mask and I was wearing all this black and all this stuff. Yeah. But Big what was guy. cool about what was cool about that character 
is you guys incorporated into the storyline that it was you. But oh, yeah. it was still yeah, so didn't... interesting to watch because it was so different. Your movements were so static. Anytime you shook someone's hand and you just slowly extended and cocked your head, it was so yeah. like <laughs> it was very cane like, but in yeah, yeah. this whole different form of what like because you're still doing moonsaults and like getting all this yeah. crazy shit in, but you're terrified. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I was I was trying to be a little spooky. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it came off, <laughs> but yeah, it um, definitely did. Yeah. It was like, I was like, I remember being on the trampoline before I debuted the character and I was like, how can I make myself look not like myself? Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to do the same moves so that people knew, but I wanted them to question like just a little bit like, okay, but is it really him? Cause he doesn't wrestle the same. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, I was trying to do like a lot of like back arches and like weird things like that. And just trying to be like very like glitchy kind of, I, I always imagined myself like glitching. Mm-hmm. in real life as i was wrestling um and that kind of helped me uh make some different movements out of the character that's so interesting glitching while actually playing the character that's <laughs> that's such a perfect way to put it that's exactly what he did during it, it was like glitch moves and stuff and i thought yeah, that yeah, real weird when you and danny in uh the promotion you guys created after uh ettw had ended um yeah you and Danny did the um, Zabuzu and him as the tag time. Zabuza. That's it. That's it. Zabuza. Um, (laughs) And I I thought that was cool too, because those two characters came together and it seemed like it actually seemed like it was otherworldly the way you guys attacked it like that. Was that fun being able to just, um, after you looked up to the Forsaken character, having Danny kind of be side by side with you in that role and taking that on together. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can't, I really can't praise Danny enough. He's like such an incredible performer and he always has such unique ideas like the Forsaken idea Then he had Danny Danger, of course. And then the Zabuza character that he kind of just made up out of thin air and it was freaking incredible. Had no right being as cool as he was. <laughs> this character that he just randomly made up. Um, so yeah, it really meant a lot to me to be able to kind of tag with him um, because he had taught me so much. You know, he had taught all of us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had particularly taken me under his wing, at least in ETTW, uh, obviously with you guys too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely really, really special to be able to do that with him. I wish we could have done more. Yeah, that was a cool era for you guys because it was kind of like a transition point between like, okay, we're still doing this, but we don't know if we're going to go pro or if we're going to like what direction we're going to take, but we're just going to have fun with it. And it turned into something that whole year turned into something really cool, I thought, because we had the two super shows. The first one, you got to work two people uh, that... I know and love very well. So first you worked uh, Andrew Blair, uh, one of the Flame Brothers, for the UIW title when you came to Battle for the Belt 4 with us. Absolutely. Um, And then you worked Greg the second day and had a great – that's one of um, your better big man matches between two guys, I feel like. Um, Was it nostalgia kind of knowing that – after you guys had ended that uh, battle for the belt four was going to be our last event as well. And we are kind of passing the torch one more time, which by the way, we're on 10 years ago that we did battle for the belt four this summer. Oh my God. What? Mm-hmm. 
No way. It's going to be a decade from this July. That is ridiculous. That is completely ridiculous. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was a really special show to be a part of. Um, I I think that was the third one we did together, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That, yeah, that show was, that show was something special. Um, Yeah. I loved wrestling Greg. I loved wrestling Andrew. I remember Andrew being like super shy for some reason. He's just like a shy dude, but he was really, really fun to wrestle. He's super talented. Yeah. um, You're saying that I wrestle Chris, that dude wrestles crisp, crisp. He's so clean. All his movements are awesome. Mm -hmm. And Greg is obviously super, super strong and charismatic. Um, So yeah, those matches were awesome. And the show itself, I think was really awesome too. Um, I remember we did, um, we did twist versus Jamie versus G fatal. And that's like one of my favorite matches that both Jamie and G fatal I've ever had. You know what? Um, I, I think so too. That was, you guys had, uh, you and Greg had a great match. You and Andrew had a great match, but like after they did that triple threat, that's that stole the whole show for me. It was, yeah, totally. Nothing was going. I remember, um, I don't know if you remember Tyler Body, who's around us all the time, but big dude, big dude would right? always, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the audience. There's a point <laughs> in that triple threat where they're outside the ring and Glenn runs at uh, Jamie and Jamie kicks him and hits him with the pile driver just on <laughs> the, the dead ground. On the, Body yeah, space yeah. just dropped. He was just like, <laughs> he could not believe that they had pulled that shit off. Dude, yeah, that match is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of people that should have more eyes on them, like Jamie Anderson and G Fatal are both incredible talents. Jamie doesn't wrestle anymore, really, but like he was like so amazing and super innovative too. Like mm-hmm. really, really underrated. And he he kind of just didn't really like wrestling anywhere else aside from ETTW and DYW. So that's kind of why he probably didn't get out there as much. But he, he was like super, super talented. And uh, yeah, G Fatal is still wrestling to this day. But yeah, another amazingly talented person but yeah um g fatal is an incredible wrestling talent every match i've seen him work he just he he blows it away and that kick dude he's 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 got it all man he's got it all yeah god damn man he's he's a great performer him and i always enjoy jamie jamie's one of the ones that i wish i had the chance to work with back in the day because i always loved um submission-based wrestlers and doing things like that he had a very similar style to me and I feel like we right. would have matched up really, really well and put something fun together. But, you know, oh, yeah. I, I'm old as shit, but never say never, right? Yeah, for sure, man. Never say <laughs> never. He, he's a dad, too, now. Yeah. So I don't know how much wrestling he wants to do, but if he does get back into it, we can make that happen. Yeah, exactly. I'd be totally down for that. Um, so then later that year, we have that show. And I'm going to tell this from my perspective Uh And then I want to hear kind of how you started this whole concept of it. I'm sitting in the uh, kind of the, the like rec building at my college or whatever you want to call it, the like student union, whatever you want to say. Okay. Uh, And I'm sitting on my computer between classes and I look at GBYWN and I see a open call for oblivion five. Oblivion Five. Yeah, that was, that was um, five, I think. For any wrestler who wanted to jump in and be on this show. And within 90 seconds of me seeing this, I have a text on my phone from Kevin that says, <laughs> um, Oblivion Five ETTW, do you want to go down? And I go, <laughs> absolutely. So, what after 
um, ending ETTW as far as like certain broadcasts. What made you decide let's host our own super show and finally have this shit? <laughs> yeah, so we we had never done it. Like we had always traveled to other places and like gone to super shows or whatever. But um, I think we were doing like AMWA before that, which was like our masked wrestling thing. Yes. Um, and obviously that was like super fun. But we were getting to the point where we were like, we might as well just do ETTW, you know, because we had kind of recruited guys who are super, super good, like better than us, in my opinion, guys like Mark Electric, Johnny Boy, uh, Bless was in there, Bless, like yep. super talented guys who could really elevate ETTW if we brought it back. So the Super Show was going to kind of be like a test for that to be like, okay, let's kind of see what this looks like, maybe if we start bringing in different people, because up until then, it was kind of just like the same seven, eight people at the most, just kind of cycling through each other over and over and we were kind of sick of wrestling each other to be honest sure yeah it gets old after a while it really does yeah yeah for sure so like we put out this like this like open call we didn't think anyone was going to really respond to it and not that many people did but yeah you you and kevin responded which we were super psyched about a couple other people from like the jersey area like uh ryan ragnarok matt ecstatic who's matt vertigo now another amazing wrestler Mm -hmm. um yeah well a, a few a few different people did um what's his name benny slater Benny Slater, yeah. His name was Jordan. His name was Jordan when, when he wrestled it for us. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was uh, it was something different for us. And we kind of wanted to test the waters, basically. Yeah, I get it. We, and uh, it was a cool experience being able to do that. First of all, we're on our way down there. Kevin had just worked. He had just started working on the indies during this. Yeah, so he I remember. had worked. He had worked this guy, and this guy had ripped his chest apart with chops. So. Oof. We, he gets to my house at like 2 a.m. Our train leaves at five because he had just wrestled. He's nursing these chops or whatever. Got a little bit of sleep (laughs) on the train. And then he goes, uh, he's like, you got to help me with this match with Marky or whatever. So we're sitting and we're going through his moveset. And we, uh, we planned the whole thing on the train ride down there. He knew exactly what he was going to do. We knew like, I I remember one specific, he wanted to, um, he said something about like a pump handle slam. And I was like, I was like, why don't you have him uh, hit the num num bomb when you're trying to do that? And hit yes, you with that. The and he, he was like, he was like, absolutely. Like, let's hit that right in. And it ended up like making it a match. <laughs> Mark, Marky loved that spot. He absolutely loved that. Dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we walked in. So me and Kevin get in the yard. And first, we're taking it all in because this is something we've only seen on film and through YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're looking around and we're like, holy shit, that's Ryan Ragnarok. Holy shit, that's Matt Ecstatic. Like, holy yeah. <laughs> shit, TKO's right over. Like, like all these people that we've known, like, in the past or, like, what they're all just, like, blended into this one place. And we had a fucking blast that night. We had an absolute blast. I'm so glad. That night. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. That was... um. That was that was a really special show for us because, you know, that was the first time we'd done anything like that. And we wanted to make sure that we were good hosts and, you know, we were taking care of people and everyone was having fun. You know, I mean, obviously, it's not like a party or anything, but we're all talking. We're hanging out, watching wrestling. Um, yeah, I, I really loved that day. That was an awesome day. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was it was so fun to be a part of that. And um, that gauntlet match that I was a part of ended up turning into something beautiful like the evolution of that there was so much talent in that match that i look back and i'm like holy shit i can't believe i was a part of that that's that's one of my favorite ettw matches ever because it was so unlike anything we had done before i was just thinking about that match 
because because you invited me to do the podcast and you were in it mm-hmm. but like i was just thinking about how how awesome that match was like it could have fallen apart so easily so but it easily. just flowed it flowed so the good. entire time you guys put it together perfectly everyone was just amazing um my favorite part of the match is how everybody entered from like different spots of the yard. Right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody came off the shed. Somebody mm-hmm. came off the deck. Somebody came out from the darkness. It was awesome. I yeah. love that match so much. It was dope. I remember um, when we're putting it together, uh, Marky's walking around and he's like, he's like, who comes in after me? And I, I, I go, oh, that's me. And he was like, he was like, what's your finisher? I was like, oh, it's kind of like a running STO. So you really just have to kind of take a back, a back <laughs> He goes, he goes, okay, run in, hit me with that, pin me. And I was like, yep. what? <laughs> so as soon as I found out, I was, like Marky. I, I was like, I'm going over against a guy that just pinned Kevin. Like there's <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like that, that shouldn't be right. And like, it makes sense with the storytelling, but I remember at the time too, because I was so kind of in and out of UIW, I always felt like I don't like I don't have this moment or like this this chance to shine or whatever. So like people don't really know me here. Like even when when you guys came down for Battle for the Belt, um, I was a I was supposed to be in two matches and I was supposed to the second day I was supposed to work a street fight with Solomon, and uh, yeah. the but the first day in prepping for my match I got concussed. Uh, oh my god yeah well that was i don't know if you remember frankie villa but um yeah i do yeah yeah that, that <laughs> long and short of that situation like he bs his way into a match with me and it it cost me because i didn't do my homework um but he uh but i remember getting in and being ready for that gauntlet i was like nobody knows who i am here i just got to make a good impression while i can so i run in Dude, yeah. i hit marky with the sto I pin him and I just remember standing up and going, what? And everybody just started booing me. And I was like, yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then um, <laughs> Ragnarok was so technical too. Yes. That I felt like I got a whole match with him, like within that. Absolutely. Home. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. You did awesome in that match. Thank that's you. like one of my favorite parts. You running in and STOing Marky. And that's like such a Marky thing to do. Because Marky's just like, I don't want to plan anymore. I'm done. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's such a Marky thing to do. I love that. <laughs> no more flippy shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done, baby. <laughs> uh, one cool fact about that match that a lot of people didn't realize is when Kevin and Danny face each other at that point in their match, that's not only their first time working each other in about, a year and a half, two years. It's their first time speaking to each other in a really long time. Yeah. Like there was a whole fallout between kind of all of us for a little bit. Yeah. And I remember that. we get down there and Danny picked us up. We didn't know what to expect or anything. And then he was just, you know, you know him, he's just the nicest guy. And he was yeah. like, <laughs> like everything was just like in the past and it was put away. And like, we were there to do work and like, it, it was cool to have him that night, but then to watch him and Kevin work each other. Oh my for God. That first magic. Time. magic. Magic. Again, it was like, they had never lost it. And it, it, yeah. it, like, it brought something back to me. And that led to, like, it was cool because then that year they ended up tag teaming together up here. And then yeah. um, Kevin retired him later that year. So it was, it was like a whole kind of full circle thing that uh, me and Kevin ended up talking about on the one episode. But it was a cool moment that happened during that event that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah, I had actually forgotten about that. 
I remember that they kind of had a falling out, but I, yeah, I didn't know that was the first time that they had talked in that long. Mm-hmm. That's really cool though. Yeah. It, it was a cool moment for all of us. I feel like, um, all right. So I got to ask you a few more things before we get yeah, out yeah. of here. So you had the pleasure of working the goat in all of backyard wrestling, the goat. Tell me about your match with Aaron Solomon. With Aaron Solomon, dude. Hell yeah. So <laughs> I don't remember a ton about that match. I remember he gave me a stink face, right? He definitely he gave me a stink face. Yeah, and he did the Eugene yeah, kiss yeah. on you, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, he did. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I loved Aaron. Aaron was – I remember not knowing if Aaron was, like, legit. I was like, is he playing a character or is this Aaron? And every time I asked Danny, Danny's like, dude, that's Aaron. That's just how he is. That's I'm him like, 24-7. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. Aaron's awesome. He and is. I'm just like, okay, so how am I going to play in this match with Aaron? And, like, I thought he was going to be like, I don't know, man. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. How am I going to plan this? But he was, like, super cooperative. He was like, yeah, Matt, whatever you want to do, I trust you. Yeah, let's go have fun. I was like, hell yeah, Aaron, cool. All right, so you piss on me, you give me the stink face. <laughs> and I remember I wanted to take his RKO and, like, backflip out of it. Mm. Yeah, man, that, 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 that was awesome. And Aaron Solomon is, of course, the one true GOAT. He is. He is the one true GOAT. And he, one thing I always loved about Aaron, that man would do anything. That man would do anything in a match. He'd yeah, work dude. anybody. He'd take yeah, any move. He'd do what, whatever you told him to do. He had a street fight with totally. Kevin the one time, and they beat the fuck out of each other. <laughs> like, there was a point, there was a point where, like, <laughs> where Solomon RKO'd <laughs> Kevin on, the, on a chair. Like, he opened it up. Yes. And him on it. Fuck it. And Aaron just started fucking crying as, as soon as like, he did that. He like he was in so much pain that he just like he just like he hit it, and then he just goes like ah, and no. just started. Oh my god! But then he won the match. No, Aaron. Like, Hell yeah, baby! Back and like came through. He always did. That man is a two-time UIW champion, and we never got to air that ever. He's a two-time oh, UIW champion. It's well deserved. I'll tell you that much. He should have been GBYWN champion. He, he should, should have been, been a WWE point. champion. God. <laughs> so what were I miss Aaron? I do too, man. I I haven't seen him in a while, but he's doing well. I hear Good. from him every once Good. in a while, and he's awesome. he's always uh, he's has such a special place in my heart just because of what he Absolutely. did for our feds and like who he is as a person. He's amazing, man. Absolutely. Um, but uh, backtracking a little bit, so we'll talk about. What was your total belt collection? Because you held the ETTW belt. Um, you took the JWA championship for a little yeah. bit, right? You held that. What else did you rack up over yeah. the years? I think that's kind of it. Um, I always felt weird about giving myself the ETTW title. So I only did it if I was wrestling somebody who specifically wanted to lose it. Like, mm. um, I don't even remember who I beat for it. I th- think I beat... Um, MRE, I beat him for it, maybe. Yeah, you did. Um, but yeah, that was like to end the Ryu story, basically. That's the only reason I did that. So you know what? That kind of makes sense though, too, because um I remember shortly after you took the title from him, you lost it to uh G Fatal. Yeah, like, I lost it very shortly after. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of I every time that I have a belt, my I want to build it up to a point where when someone takes from me, it means something. You know, like that's the only reason in my mind that anyone should really have a belt. Um, so like I tried to do that for the, the JWA title. And I think I had a really special match with Murph 
um, where he beat me for the JWA title. Um, yeah, I've, I just always tried to make it special when someone beat me for it. Even the GBYWN title, I lost it to uh, Sam Jude. I held mm-hmm. that belt for, I think, a year. It was like a whole year I held that thing. Um, and I had some great matches. I defended it against some awesome people. Um, yeah, and then I lost it to Sam Jude. He's, he was this guy. He's incredible. He's from the UK. Um, and he flew all the way down to Allentown, Pennsylvania for BXW. Holy shit. Yeah, so I, I was like, all right this guy is awesome and he's putting in the work. Like I have absolutely no issue <laughs> dropping this title to him. And, and, you know, at that point, you kind of have to. Yeah. But yeah, he's like incredible. I remember that match was like, I had trouble following him because he was so like talented and he was using verbiage that I, I just like couldn't follow it. I was like, this guy is like actually good. You know, like we talk about how like I'm good. G fatal is good. And, and like, yeah, G fatal is amazing, but Sam Jude is like a oh, wrestler's wrestler. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. You know, like, you know, like he, he, yeah. Like he just says things that like, I'm like, wait, what? I call that an Irish whip. You call it a what? Like stuff like that. <laughs> uh, exactly. like, he, he just knows like all the proper ways to say things and all the proper ways to do things. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 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 That's cool. Those are the shit. three that I held. Those are the three that I held. Those are great ones to have, man. Those that that's yeah. a great collection, and especially the the names you racked up during that time and the matches you got to work. That's such a respectable run to be able to have anywhere. Thank you, man. Yeah, of course. Um, so we have that. Um, let's get to one of I'm not even gonna say one of my favorite backyard match of all time, bar none. Um, so you and Alex Zane had your first match and then you come back for the second one. And that yeah. one, all the elements I was talking about earlier played right into that. First of all, so the shoulder injury, was that legit? In the first match, yeah, that was completely legit. That's I, what um, I thought. Yeah, so the story is that him and I wrestled in uh, Pittsburgh. And like I said before, Zane was a guy from, like, a different era. Like, he he had been yarding in, like, the Anarchy Andy times um, when, like, Drew Cordero from beyond, when he was booking backyard shows, he was booking guys like Zane. Mm-hmm. Um, so that he he had like 10 years on me, maybe. Um, so this was kind of like a generation versus generation thing. The first match, it's like, oh, what yeah. can the new guy do with the, with the more experienced guy? And like straight up, I, I, I kind of bombed, to be honest. Like I was not doing well in that match. Like I think the highlight video I made was only like a minute and a half long, which is super unusual for me because I was just super nervous. And I was messing everything up. And then like right when things were picking up and it was starting to feel good, I was like, okay, okay, we're getting in a rhythm. We're starting to feel each other out. He gives me this shoulder. I was standing on the uh, edge of the base. He gives me a knee to my shoulder, to my right shoulder. And that didn't hurt at all. He did it completely safe, but I went to bump off the base and I went like kind of crooked and I landed on my left shoulder and completely separated my shoulder. Like Ah, to this day, it's still separated. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know what was wrong because I had never had like a bone pop out like that and that's what happens when you separate your shoulder like your collarbone disconnects from your shoulder bone or some crap I don't know I'm not a doctor but yeah my (laughs) my shoulder separated and I was like I don't know what's wrong dude but I can't keep going I think he did like a spiral tap and I called him and I was like yeah no I'm done um Mm. so I didn't even think I was gonna get the chance to wrestle him again I was like this dude thinks I'm crap uh that was the main event that day too and I couldn't even finish I was like super disappointed in myself um but yeah, the following year, I, I got the chance to wrestle him again. And um, yeah, he's just like such a such a special wrestler. He's like so good. He's so athletic. He jumps higher than I've ever seen any man jump in my entire life. Wow. Um, and like, it was just really special to be able to, ha- to have that second match. And 
Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate that you like it a lot. That's that's definitely maybe it's, the match I'm proudest of. Yeah, it, it just it's so good with between the storytelling, between the actual um the actual layout of the match, everything. Um, that I I always used to reference the fact that he took that bump with his shoulders on the fence, but you took Dude. this back suplex from him too that like you went right on your neck for outside that ring and watching back at that, I was like, holy shit, that's way worse than what Zane took in that. (laughs) Yeah. The outside was like pretty padded. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel it that much and he was really safe with it, but it did look pretty sick. Um, And that fence book, that fence bump that he took Mm -hmm. ridiculous. I don't. And that was like a standard bump for him. He took that in a lot of his matches. Sometimes he would do it with a chair. I saw him do it with bleachers. I think like this dude is just nuts. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. It's such such a talented dude, man. And he, and he, he made me look really good. And like going into that match, I just felt like I had a lot to prove not only to him and everyone watching because all the same people were there. You know, mm-hmm. all those same people saw me fuck up a year prior in the first match. And I was like, okay, you know, like, I've been out here. I've been killing it. I've been doing good. I'm healed up. I think I had lost, like, 30 pounds. I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill this match, dude. This match is going to be awesome. I was confident. <laughs> I was like, I'm going into this. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to earn this dude's respect. And um, I think I did. Um, that's It's definitely a match that I'm proud of, man. Uh, uh, you know, we did a, the, sh- the shoulder fake out thing in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that was that, that was some that was a cool moment in that when he was just like it's it's not over and then jumps out. Everybody's yeah. wondering if it's a work or not. TKO tries to pull <laughs> him off and then you just jump back in and start like, yeah, this isn't yeah, baby. over either. And then yeah, you baby. you busted your nose in that match too, didn't you? Dude, yes. That was the first time I broke my nose. <laughs> uh he gave me it was like such a light knee too. I think I just have a weak nose, dude. So like <laughs> he get, he got me in like <laughs> he got me in like a pump handle and he backflipped me and gave me like just like the lightest knee. It doesn't look stiff at all and it probably wasn't stiff. But maybe it was just like the angle or the fact that I didn't block at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, my nose was leaking. It was disgusting. But it was it created such a cool visual and I think that at the end of the day, what makes the match that match and makes it so special is that visual of him having me in like the triangle choke and I'm like bleeding on him. I pick him up and I slam him. Yeah. And then like, yeah, dude, it just looks, it's, it's just really cool looking. It's an awesome visual. And I, I'm glad it happened, but yeah. um, it, it sucked in the moment for sure. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but that's like, you know, you, you'll relate to this. It's an anime moment. Like that, that's some Absolutely cool did. shit. Like those stills are like, you can't draw that any better than you guys worked. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I th- whoever was on the camera, I think it was um, Barack Obama. I think he was on the camera and he was getting some awesome shots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so sick. Um, yeah, definitely one of my favorite matches to this day. Definitely, I would say my favorite backyard match ever. Thank you, um, dude. Thank you. But get, so I want to move to a later part of your career because I'm interested in hearing about this. So sure. and about... Think from doing my research, get uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It was 2019 or so. You get the call for GCW for the first time. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. was what was that like getting that call for that? And then you went on to work with them about four or five times, correct? Yeah. So I mean, there's actually kind of a story there. Um, so I had started training. I took a break like between 2014 and 2018. Um, and then 2018, I started training at Chikara because um, 
the whisperer who i think you, you might have met in oblivion uh i think yeah. it was cj but um yeah he, he was i think he was there um he started training at chikara and i saw the results that he had and i was like man maybe i should give this wrestling thing like a real actual shot you know i took a few years off i gave my body a break um so yeah i started training there and then i think it was 2018 that actually joey janela reached out to me um I've never told the story publicly. So this is the first. Oh, awesome. <laughs> he, re- he reached out to me and he asked me if I wanted to be on spring break that year. Um, because I think Andrew Candy was also on the show. And then that triggered people to start asking about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm training at Jakara and my trainer, Mike Quackenbush, he's kind of strict about stuff like that. But, you know, maybe us together can convince him that like it, it would be a cool thing to do. So Joey actually contacted Mike for me. Um, and Mike ended up saying no. Like, like he wanted me to debut for him first before I could do anything else. And I'm still kind of bitter about that, to be honest, because it's like that would have been a whole different career trajectory for me. Sure. It's like, who knows where I would be now? Maybe I wouldn't even be retired right now. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I did end up working for them eventually. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty cool with Jimmy Lloyd. He ended up reaching out to me about doing their backyard show with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was 2028, 20, 2019. I think I did that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, that match was. I mean, that show was super fun. I was extremely nervous. Uh, that was the show where Zane, speaking of Zane, he did that insane tope 630 over the top rope to Tony Deppin. Yeah, like, Jesus and Christ. I was like, <laughs> and me and the Chad were the match after that. <laughs> so, so like, man, that's why I say it would have been a completely different career trajectory for me if I had debuted before that. Because mm-hmm. um, there was just absolutely no way anyone else on that show was going to top that moment. Like, there's just no way that was like the moment that's still like the GCW moment in my eyes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, but yeah. That's one of the wildest moments that's ever existed in backyard wrestling. Dude. Yeah. Like wrestling period. It, like mm-hmm. it's just insane. And he did it again the next year too. The dude is nuts. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that show was really special. Uh, it wasn't necessarily like my style of backyard wrestling or our style of backyard wrestling, you know, like I feel like, we just kind of grew up in a different time than maybe the guys of GCW did. Cause a lot of them yarded too, but they yarded in that like backyard wrestling volume one on PlayStation era, you know, where it's just sure. all, all death matches all the time. So that's <laughs> kind of what the show was. And I was, I was kind of nervous. I was like, man, I hope they aren't expecting me to do all this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause that's just not my, that's just not my style. You know, I appreciate it and I respect the guys that are able to do that, but that's just not me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was kind of nervous, but, um, yeah, the later shows I worked with them, I kind of wrestled the same style. I never felt like I've really picked up any traction there. And that's my own fault. Probably. I think, I, I think all of my pro matches are kind of eh because I was so nervous going into them that I played it really safe, way safer than I should have. Mm-hmm. And especially at GCW, you know, that's a place where you have to go all out in order to stand out. And that's something that a guy like Zane really understood. And he did the most insane thing of all time, <laughs> you know? Um, so like, yeah, man, I mean, I was kind of late into my career there. You know, that was like last year, basically mm-hmm. year and a half ago, two years ago, whatever. But um, yeah, I was kind of like late into my career, kind of winding down. And like, I just couldn't do the stuff that I used to do. You know, I could still do like the innovative stuff, but yeah, I mean, I, I worked for them a few times. And like I said, my last match was there in like this uh, scramble type of match. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're a great, great promotion to wrestle for. They are, and I think, you know, we're our own biggest critic, right? I think you represented yourself er well everywhere you went, and I think you should be really proud of that work because it was was cool to see, especially 
from us knowing you and watching you for all these years and stuff like that, just seeing you on there makes people that know you feel really, really happy. And you should be really, really Thank proud you, of that, I think, Matt. I appreciate that. Dude, speaking of which, Kevin was on AEW. Yeah, Jesus what Christ. What the hell, dude? That's so cool. Yeah, that man, that man's making moves, and I absolutely <laughs> love it. I couldn't be prouder of him. And Dude, um, say that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And he was in the crowd uh, for Double or Nothing too. There were a couple shots of him when he was down there. Uh, Hell yeah, baby! But, but I'll have to, I'll have to um, fill you in on some of the details with that because some of that I can't tell you on here. But I'll, I'll tell you. Okay, all right, here. yeah, um, yeah, no worries, no worries. So, so a couple rapid fires on our way out, real quick. Oh so, dang! All right. Um, we talked about some of your best matches. Uh, yeah. What is your favorite match in your mind? That I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's between Zane and MX5, probably. Um, I think MX5 is maybe like a better like wrestling match, quote unquote. But Zane, I'm definitely prouder of because, sure. of, you know, like I said, there's the story behind it. Sure, absolutely. That's what that's kind of what I figured from talking about both of them because your 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 whole like kind of demeanor changed when talking about those matches, and that's when you when you feel it, you know, it's really good yeah. like that. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> so we have that. Uh, Who's your backyard goat? Anarchy Andy, 110%. Dope. 110%. That's that's definitely an amazing one to reference to and have it. Um, yeah, for sure. Who's your, as far as a professional uh, standpoint, was there one like in WWE that you looked up to more than others? Um, I would say Chris Jericho for a while, Brock Lesnar. Um I mean, I think my favorite era of WWE was like 2003. So all the guys that were popular then, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. Edge, Rey Mysterio. Oh, dude, I don't know if you can see it. I actually wore this just for the occasion. So this is, dude. I got this at my first live wrestling event <laughs> I ever went to. It's got both SmackDown versus Raw. Look at the people that are on it that were up from that era. We got oh, Taker. We got, we got Eddie. ADL, Eddie's on there. Batista yes. before he's champ. Cena before he's champ. Triple H is oh, on this. Sean, Sean Michaels right there. Edge, Edge is right up at this corner here. I'm looking at it backwards. <laughs> but like I broke I it out it, just dude. for this because it's like it's a workout shirt now. But like with the whole <laughs> era of wrestling that we're from, I figured it would be appreciated. Dude, dude, yeah, that's definitely like my favorite era. <laughs> um, you're known for wearing the Mortal Kombat symbol when you're in wrestling matches. Who is your go-to MK character? I feel like saying Scorpion is cheap because everybody uses Scorpion because he's probably the easiest to use. You know, he's got like the back forward for the for the spear and everything. Yeah, so yeah. He's he's the easiest to use. I, and I, I'm not like a fighting game guy. I'm not like super good at them. So I'm just going to go with Scorpion because he's just easy and fun to play with. Yeah, that's fair. That's really cool. Um, so last thing I'll ask you, do you have a favorite or like your funniest memory from any ETTW taping or any backyard moment? What's a good story we can go out on? Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier about how I hurt my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in, that was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, and I actually drove to that show with TKO who had an awesome match on that show. And he's just an awesome dude in general. Um, oh yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't have my license and that dude was just driving me everywhere and having awesome matches, better matches than me. Um, so He's also just not the best driver, though, <laughs> or at least he wasn't at the time. So, like, he drove me to the hospital, and I'm, like, holding my shoulder, and every small bump in the road, I'm, like, bouncing, and my shoulder hurts a little bit. 
Um, but we get to the hospital and I, they ended up giving me pain medication. And I don't know what they gave me, but it was the strongest medicine I think I've ever taken in my life. Um, and uh, TKO had to drive home by himself. And it was like late at this point. It was like 11 p.m. We had been out in the sun all day. Uh, we started driving super early, probably like 8 a.m. And we mm-hmm. planned on staying overnight in Pittsburgh. So like we did not expect this at all. And I, of course, he's an amazing dude for even doing this in the first place. He could have just stayed there and been like, nah, Matt, fuck you. Yeah, he, oh, for he sure. He drove us home that night anyway. He drove us home that night anyway. And I, I just took this pain medication that screwed me up, dude. And um, all I remember, I just have flashes of this drive. It's like the scariest moments of my life. I would fall asleep and I would wake up. And there's TKO driving with his feet. Oh, my driving God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> driving like... <laughs> driving like 85 miles an hour on a on a back road with his feet in the air and now I, to this day i don't know if this stuff is real or not when i asked him he just laughed all right and then i'll fall back asleep and then i wake back up and, and tko is rapping a million miles an hour and driving 20 miles an hour down the road just going slow as hell on the highway and i'm just like what is going on fall back asleep wake up he's asleep at the wheel oh my god and i'm like I can't move. I'm like, <laughs> I have like sleep paralysis or something from this medicine. I can't wake him up. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Fall back asleep. Wake up, drive him with his feet again. Dude, oh my it, God. it was like, <laughs> it was the craziest drive of my life. <laughs> and there's of course the story that I think Kevin knows where TKO also knocked an entrance over onto a bunch of people, but that we can save that for another time. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember that one too. That <laughs> happened right over here. Oh yeah. 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 That's a good one. Yeah, I remember one. hearing about that in high school. But holy shit, that <laughs> driving with his feet, that's that's that tops any other story that could possibly be out Dude, there too. To to this day, I don't know if it actually happened. I really don't. I don't yeah. know if it was just the medicine. But like it was like intermittent. I would wake up driving with his feet, fall back asleep, wake up, he's asleep, fall asleep, mm-hmm. wake up, driving with his feet again. It was like the wildest drive of my life. Oh my god. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I I think that's a good note to end on for this because uh, <laughs> that's nothing's going to top that. But um, if we're looking for you on socials or on YouTube, where can we find you, Matt? Uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter at the Matt Demorest. I'm much more active on Instagram. Yeah, perfect. I think Instagram's the best platform anyway because it's so simple. You just post and you're done. Like, yeah, it's easy. That's it. Um, you could find us at, as always at average Ord pod on Twitter and then average ordinary pod on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on that as well. Um, tune in next week when we have our episode next Saturday, Matt, I appreciate your time so much, man. This was an incredible interview and I'm so happy to be able to talk to you again and we'll have to do this again later down the road. I'm sure you have plenty more that you could share with us. Oh, absolutely, dude. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Give my love to everybody over there and give my love to the baby too. Okay. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. All right. Take care of yourself. See you guys next week. Awesome now.
having fun. Whoa, what's that beam of light? Hey, young Andrew Lenz. It's me, Andrew Lenz from the future, telling you that your dream is going to come true. What? No way! Yeah, you're going to have an awesome podcast called Let's Talk But No Politics, okay? And new episodes come out every Sunday on... Beyonce!